1: All right, Matt, I got a good question that came in here from Eric Widener at world underscore wide worldwide. I like that. All right. I like that, Eric. <laughs> now, I'm going to change the question a little bit only because I want to, you know, kind of narrow it down. He said, if you weren't sports reporters, what career path would you have flourished in? Wow. I want to completely take away sports from that. If you weren't working in sports in any capacity, yeah. what career would you Would you have flourished? And I'll just go first because it's easy for me because I was a former high school teacher. That's what I did. Mm -hmm. I was a social studies teacher. I would have stayed in teaching. I loved teaching. I love this more, which is why I went back into it. But I I would still be teaching, especially I was doing it in Florida with my summers off and playing golf twice a week. But that's beside the point, Matthew. Uh, What (laughs) would you be doing? Uh, Realistically, with the skill set that I have, I think I would probably just be a news
0: reporter and not a sports reporter because I was a news reporter before I was in sports. So that transition is pretty seamless. But you weren't in media in any way either. I would love to be, I've always been fascinated fascinated by golf course architects, Wow! Like people who set up and lay out golf courses and design golf courses. I think that would be the coolest job ever. So for me, I don't know if I would be good at it, but I've always just been enamored with all of that. Like, why is this whole go here? Yeah. What are you thinking about when you're building this course? How do you use the property that you have to get the most out of the golf course? So my dad always said that that was his dream job to be like a golf course architect. And I kind of took that from him. I've always been like, man, that would be so, so cool. So if I ever hit it big one day and I can just like get rid of, you know, if I have a bunch of money, maybe I'll just buy a bunch of land and I'll just make a golf course or something.
1: I love it. You could do that golf course design. I know people have gone to college for that actually. Very very, uh, interesting. All right. um, Let's get to really quick.
0: Elena almost just stabbed me with her tripod in the media room. Yep. She's extending the legs to her tripod and almost just stabbed Joe B and I. So, I don't know what we did to upset her, but I'm glad that we can still have this conversation because I almost lost an eye.
1: <laughs> I have a weekly food question as you go and basically take care of business over there and make sure that those uh, <laughs> people stay in line, Joe Joe Biscelli and Elena Getzenberg. Um, this one is coming from, this is Matt Gould. He is the director of broadcast oh, yeah, Sabres, right? I think yeah. that's how you say director of game day broadcast, maybe. Anyway, Matt, I hope I didn't botch your title. I'm sorry. Do olives ruin everything when put in a salad of any sort?
0: Great question. Great question. You want to
1: answer first? Or you want me to answer first? Okay. So at first I have to. are we talking black olives or green olives? Does it matter here? Okay. I think it's any, I think it's I'm not any a olive. big green olives fan. I do like black olives. My wife loves black olives on everything. Um, mm-hmm. I do not think it ruins a salad. I'm sorry, but olives are fine in a, in a salad. I, black olives because I like them, but no, they don't ruin everything. Come on. You ever, you ever seen the show, how I met your mother? I know it. I've never really watched it. Okay. So
0: there's a theory in that show about the olive theory. And it's that every partner has a different thought about olives. Like if you're the husband, you know, one partner likes olives, one Mm. partner hates olives. And that's what makes the perfect couple. Essentially. Okay. okay. I am an olive. I am an olive person. I like olives. My wife wife can't stand them. Wow. She, She hates olives. So it's funny because it actually works in our situation, but it doesn't sound like it works in yours. So no, Matt, I don't think olives ruin salads. I actually get them,
1: especially if it's like a Greek salad. Those are... Perfect. By the way, there was a response here from Mike Lux, who works at uh, WGRZ in Buffalo, who responded to that question to us from Matt, who said a salad without an olive is just lettuce. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far. I can still enjoy a salad without olives. hundred percent. You got to give me croutons too. What makes a perfect salad? I got to like, what's the best part of it? Croutons for me. What's your favorite kind of salad? (laughs) Well, I don't really eat a lot of salads. I should eat more, probably some sort of like chicken Caesar.
0: Okay. That's a really good answer. I think that's a very respectable answer. I think you could also throw like a Greek souvlaki salad in the mix it's gotta have some who doesn't in en- or poultry. Who or whatever, doesn't enjoy right? that? Yeah. A hundred percent. So th- those are, uh, people are looking at us in here. Like what the, this is a football podcast.
1: <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh No, it's not stores. because next one is from Drew who says, do you prefer new England clam chowder or Manhattan clam chowder? Oh,
0: New England in a landslide. I don't think Manhattan clam chowder is good at all. I'm totally with you on this. Yeah, no. I mean, New England clam chowder is just a bunch of heavy cream and some clams in it. That's why it's so good. And can
1: I tell you that, like, in the actual— Now, you have a different press box at Foxborough than we do. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So the radio broadcast booth is in a different location than the press box, where you'll be than where we'll be for the radio broadcast. And I'll talk about that in a second, actually. I'll get to that. But where we are, they put out sandwiches and New England clam chowder, and it's amazing, and I love it for that. It's really good. Do you guys get that up there? You have to in the press box, right?
0: I think so. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, honestly, the last couple times that I've been in New England, they've kind of been pretty rushed days. Actually, he's sitting like three seats over for me. But last year, Jay Skursky from the Buffalo News and I, we flew in the day of the game because it was the uh-huh. day after Christmas, and we didn't want to miss Christmas. So what did we get to the stadium, Jay? Like 12, 15? We got to the stadium like 45 minutes before the game. So it was just like, <laughs> it was literally like run into the press box, get, get situated, do the game and then come home. So I don't even think that last year I remember what they put out. So this year, because it's a primetime game and we'll have to get there super early, especially with it on channel seven, I'll, I'll have a more, you know, press box, New England experience.
1: All right. Well, if you have any questions you want to answer, go ahead. But I do have a couple like that are not from listeners that I want to get to with you, if that's okay. Go ahead and rip off a couple of those. And I'll actually just go look because I have okay. I don't Well, have Here's my right question now. for you because I want to talk about the setup at Foxborough. Um, how is the press box in New England compared to others? And really, I want to make this a broader question. Like what are the better press boxes from your standpoint to be in on the road? And the reason I ask is I always say this, Matt, the New England Gillette stadium radio booth is the best in the league. And I think the bills are right there. It's literally like one, two. And the reason is it's super low. It's on the visitor sideline behind the bills bench, which is great. And it's super easy access. I literally walk out the door and down the steps and I'm on the field. It's awesome. And at halftime, I can walk right up the steps and get in. There's no elevator. There's no a maze to get to stairs or anything like that. It's a great, great Radio booth view, I love it, and I always tell people. But I know you're in a different location there. Yeah. So what is it like for you in the press box, and what are some of the better press box views in the league?
0: Okay, so I really like the Gillette press box view. I think it's uh, it's solid. I don't, you know, think it's like, oh, it's the best or oh, it's the worst, but it's really solid. I'm very partial to Orchard Park. I love the view at Highmark, but I think it's also just because of the familiarity. Where, I've is, seen the, where
1: still... is it? Where is it in cor- in the corner though? At Highmark? At, at Gillette.
0: Uh, yeah, it's, well, it's like not in the, it's kind of in the middle, um, It's, it's not really in the corner, but I like the corner view at Highmark. I think that's really... I, okay. I, maybe I'm just used to it. Um, ooh, let's see. Press boxes that aren't good. The Jacksonville press box was not good. It was it had, didn't really have anything to do with the view. It just wasn't a nice press box. The Tennessee Titans press box is probably very polarizing because it's super low. It's basically above the lower bowl, so yeah. it's a very different view. I don't like it because I have a hard time seeing like the play develop or anything. You don't get that nice overhead view, but it's a balance because you also don't want to be super high. Like the Kansas city press box. You're at the absolute top. You're basically touching the clouds in Kansas city, the Ford field press box. I mean, we've been there twice in the last week and a half. So that's kind of top of mind. I love in that press box and in new Orleans. And there's a couple other that it's open air. Like there's no glass that separates the press box from just all of the rest of the seats. And I like that now during a game, I'm just taking notes, I'm tweeting, I'm writing stuff down. So I don't need to have like, you know, super laser focus. I can hear the ambient noise, but some people that bothers, but I love it when you can actually hear the crowd noise, because if you're sitting at a game and you're watching in high mark, like the bill score touchdown and you hear like a little, Oh yeah. It's like a very like little yeah. ambient noise. You can barely hear anything. So it
1: really does make the game day experience very different. That's why I love being down on the sidelines in the field. We've talked about this and I always oh, actually yeah. keep one ear with Murph and Eric Wood on so I can hear and I keep one ear completely open without any uh, earbuds in or anything so I can hear the crowd and I can hear what's going on in the field so I can do my job a little bit better. The last question I had for you, I just want to talk about the difference between the two of us and how we grew up and what this team, the Patriots means, because we all know they dominated mm-hmm. the bills for 20 years. I grew up a child in the seventies and eighties and the Miami Dolphins kicking the tail of the Buffalo Bills. It was all about yeah. the Dolphins. And for that matter, it was all about the Boston Bruins for me. Dolphins and Bruins are the bills and sabers. Like that's it. That's your, that's your hated teams because of what they did to them. It doesn't make believe whatever. Okay. I get it now, but no, it's Bruins. It's Dolphins for you. Is it Patriots senators? Is that what it is because of how you grew up and what you went through
0: senators. Definitely back in the day, uh patriots i think forever and always basically if you're somebody who's in your late 20s early 30s and you live in western new york and you grew up a bills fan i mean you basically spent your entire life watching the bills lose to the patriots i think that the first time i saw the bills beat the well i saw that i was in the stadium in 2011 when they beat them and the ryan fitzpatrick game but i think that was the only time i had seen the bills beat the patriots until 2020 Think about how ridiculous that is. Like, I mean, basically the Patriots just dominated the bills every single time that these two teams played. So, yeah, I think the Patriots are kind of the clear cut, like most hated team for people who are in my age range. I will say, though, I think the Dolphins are creeping up. I think that's with the just social media and how, you know, polarizing they are as a team and what happened earlier in the year. And, I still because,
1: the and because of people I'm, I'm I'm imagining your dad
0: is like me. It's Dolphins, right? Yes, 100 percent. Right. Absolutely. But it's weird because see, after- I'm old
1: enough to be Matt's dad. Just so we're all clear. <laughs> on that. <laughs> Your dad's after- got to be like me, where you grew up and that was the team you just learned to hate for the same reasons you're talking about you growing up.
0: Yes, absolutely. But I do think that after two decades of just pure dominance from the Patriots, that that started to creep in with the generation that's, you know, yep. 10, 15 years older yep. than I am, just because it was so long and it was so many just lopsided wins. We actually have a Patriots fan at Channel 7, who's one of our producers, and he talks about it all the time. He was like, when I was growing up, the Bills were just kind of that team. They, we weren't, they weren't a rival for the Patriots. Yeah. Like, from the Bills standpoint, it was this hated, hated rival. We can't stand the Patriots. We can't stand Tom Brady for the Patriots. It was kind of like the annoying younger sibling where you're like, just get out of here. Like you're not relevant. Like you're not a threat to make the playoffs or anything like that. And then as far as the hockey is concerned, that was a good one. The senators the hurricanes for those couple years with the hurricanes, but I still think the Bruins will probably always be that team that I think most Sabres, even though there wasn't that much overlap, there was a couple playoff series. I still think most Sabres fans, my age would probably
1: hate the Bruins more than any other. Well, besides the Leafs Bruins and Leafs, basically. All right. That's good because um, basically the, the Sabres and Maple Leafs were in the same division and then they weren't when I was growing up. It was Sabres and Bruins. They matched up and they fought each other every year and all that kind of stuff. And then they became the Maple Leafs again. By the time that happened again, it was still, for me, Bruins, it will always be. So I I like that, that, you know, for you, it still is as well. All right. um, Anything else you got? You got any questions you want to get to or you want to wrap up here?
0: No, I think we should, though, end with a prediction. You want to start? You want me to start? You go ahead. All right. So the line has moved a little bit. With the beginning of the week, I believe the Bills were favored by about three and a half. I think the Bills were like minus three and a half. Now, at most betting websites, it's around five and a half. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a pretty accurate line. I do think that the Bills are the better team, and I think the Bills are going to win this game. But I think it's going to be too close for comfort for a lot of Bills fans. I think you're going to be sitting at home, you're going to be watching, and you're going to be really, really stressed out. As we've seen the last couple of weeks with this team against the Browns and against the Lions, I think the Patriots are better, much better defensively than the Lions are, but I think the Lions are better offensively than the Patriots are. So I'm going to say, give me the Bills 27, Patriots 24 will be my prediction.
1: So the line is about four and a half, like you said, is at four and a half, and the over under is 43 and a half. So the the basically implied score is 24 20 Bills, somewhere yeah. around there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Look, I don't think the Bills are going to score in seven straight possessions and touchdowns like they did <laughs> in the playoff game. Yeah. Yeah. But one area I want everybody to look out for the Patriots have struggled mightily against mobile quarterbacks, including Josh Allen, Justin Fields. Remember that game, right? Mm -hmm. Patriots under Bill Belichick, they just don't defend mobile quarterbacks. Well, I think they concentrate so much on taking away your best outside weapon or running back that mobile quarterbacks seem to have success. And I think Josh Allen will have success in this game. They'll be able to move the ball and do some things against the Patriots defense. That is a very good, I don't know if we're going to see, you know, some sort of explosion, but I do see the Bills getting into the mid-20s. And I'll say they'll get to, yeah, 24 sounds good. Where I do think that the the Patriots will struggle a little bit more on offense because the Bills defense is getting healthier. I'm going to say 24-16. That's my final score here. 24-16. Bills, I like them. And then we can all sit back and watch Sunday and maybe see the Dolphins lose at the Niners and the Chiefs lose at the Bengals. And the Bills, then, Matt, take over the number one AFC seed again.
0: Yeah, and for the we were talking about this practice yesterday. The Dolphins' next four games is an absolute gauntlet. Their next three games are on the road against the Forty ers on the road against the Chargers, then on the road against the Bills. And we don't know if that game is going to be flexed or into a prime time right. game. But that is some that's a serious test. I think the Dolphins are legit, but if they, you know, there's a chance they slip up a little bit in these next couple of weeks. So it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be hopefully a fun weekend of just putting the feet up and watching football. When do you fly out? I'm actually driving. So we're, so we're driving Wednesday morning. We're going to get on the road and then we're going to head into Boston. We've got some stuff that we've got to do. And then on Thursday, it's, you know, it's going to just be crazy, but that's okay. Honestly, it's kind of fun. And we've got, there's just so much gear and there's so many people going that it's just, it's honestly more convenient to drive.
1: Well, listen, I mean, this, every game is on. WGR every game is on the Buffalo bills radio network. People know where to find me. We're going to have all of our stuff going on. Show up in the bulldog. It's a normal Thursday, Howard and Jeremy. I'll do the extra point show live Thursday from there. While Joe's here, Uh, we'll have (coughs) our our one bills live, of course, and then show up in the bulldog in the round table. But you, this is a a chance for channel seven to be highlighted and carry the game. So tell everybody what's going to be happening on channel seven throughout the day and into the night
0: what a gentleman you are. So basically yeah. coverage starts at 7.30 for our pregame show. It's going to be from 7.30 to 8 o'clock, and then it's a simulcast. So then Amazon's coverage basically plays on Channel 7 right at 8 o'clock. But at 7.30, we're going to have, you know, live report from the stadium. It'll be myself and Joe B. from The Athletic. We're going to be live out there. My co, uh, my yeah. colleague, Dom Tibbets is also going to be live there. My other colleague, Michael Schwartz, he's a news reporter. He's going to be live at a Bills Backers bar in downtown Boston. I believe it's wow. called The Harp. It's right next to TD Garden. We've got a feature yep story on brother bill who you've probably seen his videos on social media he came into the station so we're excited about that we've got a feature on leslie frazier that my colleague Brian aldridge is doing so we've got a lot of Great. stuff planned so hopefully it goes off smooth
1: all right well that sounds awesome the harp is a really cool place i've seen it haven't really spent much time there also a bill's becker's bar inside fenway park at the bottom of fenway park there's a bar there's a i can't remember the exact name of it but it is a bleachers maybe but bleacher bar but it is a um it is a Bills Backers Bar inside Fenway Park, which is incredible to think about. A lot of Bills fans tuning into this game. Channel 7, WGR, of course. Matt, safe travels. And of course, you and I will wrap things up after this game. And then we have 10 days before the next game, which is going to feel like an eternity based on what we've had the last several weeks, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to just sleep from Friday night whenever <laughs> I get home until Sunday morning. I just, I think I'm just going to skip over Saturday. I don't, I don't really care about any of the college
1: football games. I'm just going to sleep. Thanks a lot for tuning in and downloading, and subscribing. We hope you do every single week. We also want you to throw us a nice rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get. It's always game day in Buffalo. And always thank you to our producer, who is um, Lucas Buckley, who does a great job of getting us up and on time and uh, behind the scenes, does a lot of hard work. So thanks a lot, Lucas. And thanks a lot to everybody for joining us this time. It's always game day in Buffalo. Bills, Patriots, Thursday night, right here on WGR on the Odyssey Network. And of course, on Channel 7, WKBW-TV in Buffalo.